Good morning. Welcome to worship here at the North Hollywood First United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Stephen, looking forward to a good hour of worship ahead of us. Uh, I do recommend that you take your phones out and put them on silent, lest you be embarrassed by it going off in the middle of the sermon. Uh, that has happened to me before in the pulpit. So, um, you know, I know how it feels. Um, but uh, so, yeah, you might want to want to take your phones out and put them, make sure they're on silent. And um, and I just invite you to consider um, where we are at in the year. We're near the end of the year. We're getting ready for Christmas. Christmas Eve is tomorrow night. And I hope that you all are filling up with anticipation of the celebration of this great holy day. Um, will you join me in prayer? Holy God, as we come before you, we present ourselves for worship and ask that your grace would be with us that you would allow us to enter into your presence. We ask you this in your most holy name. Amen. I invite you to stand and take out your red hymnals and open up to hymn number 240 and let us open with Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
let us pray. It is almost time, Lord. Kids are wound up. The adults are stressed. Oh, Holy One, be with us this morning and help us to take a deep breath and exhale and find peace as we worship the coming Christ this hour. We are called to proclaim hope, peace, joy, and love in your name. Open our hearts, Lord, and our spirits today to receive with great joy the love that you have for all of us. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll now please open your bulletins, we will join together in the call to worship. We have journeyed from our homes to be present in this holy place. We have come because of the one who was carried on that road. be seated and we've come to the lighting of our fourth advent candle with the Kelsey and Bale family.
you will now open your hymnals to number 229, Infant Holy, Infant Lowly.
In response to the news that she would bear God's son, Mary offered herself as God's servant and then sang a song celebrating her selection to help bring God's realm on earth. We have been chosen to continue to build up the kingdom of God, so we too have reason to celebrate. Having praised God through song and scripture, let us now offer our tangible signs of gratitude, confident that God's promises will be fulfilled through the ministries supported by our gifts, as the ushers will now wait upon the congregation for this morning's tithes and offerings. Dear God, you blessed Mary by making her the mother of your only son, Jesus Christ. You have blessed us as well with the gift of your son and indeed with the gift of life itself. Out of all these blessings, we give you back these offerings this day, knowing that your promises will be fulfilled. We pledge our lives to you in anticipation of the coming of the one who brings us peace. Amen. You may be seated. come before you grateful be in this place be in this space to take a little time to take a deep breath 
and be present with you. To let go of our schedules that surround us for just a moment in time, not be worried about where we're going to be next or what we will be doing in a few hours. Lord, help us to center our minds on you and your presence in this place and around us and within us. We might hear your voice, that your word might take root in our hearts, that it would grow and bear fruit in our lives. Lord, we recognize that life is not always easy, that the tasks you call us to are not always necessarily what we would choose. They are not always convenient. They are not always easy. But Lord, we know that your grace carries us through surprises, through inconveniences, through hardships. that your goodness is made in this world. The Lord, we confess that often we complain, that often we carry resentments, that often we grieve our, our broken expectations. And we do so with a short-sightedness that does not see the end of the purposes of your will and your way. That, Lord, our complaints and resentments are often centered around us and our own desires for ease and comfort. The Lord, we confess things that we have done for the things that we have not put our hand to that you have called or expect us to. We ask for your grace and mercy to allow us to continue to grow in our faith, to grow in our understanding of how you work. Lord, even as your mercy and compassion flows over us, and forgives us and makes us right with you, Lord, we offer up to you prayers on behalf of our world. And right now, Lord, um, our hearts and our prayers go for um, the people in Indonesia who once again face a tsunami here right around the celebration of your birth. Lord, we, um, for those that mourn, who have lost uh, loved ones, for those who have lost property, and again, for those that have lost everything in their lives, we pray that somehow, some way, um, that they would be comforted. Lord, that they would get the sense that you are continuing on with them. And that with each passing day, that recovery will begin. recovery is real. Lord, raise up people to come alongside, to offer relief, and to help rebuild.
Lord, we take a time of silence to offer up prayers on behalf of those that, um, that we need to pray for. And we also offer up prayers on our behalves for our needs, our hopes. Yes, Lord, our expectations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We trust that you have bent your ear close to us, Lord, and that this morning you have heard our prayers. Yet we also leave them in your great compassion and wisdom. Lord, that your will would be done even as we pray the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
Luke 2, verses 1 through 5. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be enrolled, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I'm going to do something that's a little dangerous for a preacher to do. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes as we get to the time of sermon. All right. Um, and I say it's dangerous because I know from my days of sitting in the pews at church, the moment I closed my eyes, it was about a 75% chance that I was going to fall asleep. So bear with me, okay? I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine a young couple. And uh, they are very much in love and they're planning on getting married. But they're in the middle of dealing with the difficulties of an unplanned pregnancy and all the negative attention that it attracts. Furthermore, they are hastily trying to plan for a wedding so that they can formalize their relationship. And then in the midst of these struggles, the IRS calls <clears throat> and decides that all males must return to the town of their birth in order to be counted for the new tax scale. And the deadline to get there is roughly near the baby's delivery due date. What do, do, what do they do? What do you think they might be feeling in this moment? What would you be feeling in this moment? Okay, and you can open your eyes now because I don't want you to fall asleep. It's a frustrating moment, isn't it? None of us would want to make any kind of journey under those sorts of circumstances, right? None of us like it when what we plan to do is complicated by situations that arise, and then to top it off, we have bureaucracy coming in and making us do something that we absolutely don't want to do at the worst time. It would be frustrating. Now, I want you to add into the mix of all of that stuff that in order to get to the city that you need to be in, it's an 85-mile walk, okay? It's an 85-mile walk, and you are literally going to have to walk to get there. You can't take the train. You can't jump on the bus. There's no electric scooter for you to jump on and cruise to you know, the edge of town. You're going to have to walk on an unpaved road. Are you guys up for that? And the other thing you want to you want to consider about this unpaved, dusty road that you have to walk is that it's not flat. It undulates up and down through rolling hills. And then not only that, but at certain points along the journey, there are not so nice people that hide out along the route and they wait to come out and rob people. And the more vulnerable the person, the better off you are, right? Anybody want to make that journey? Anybody? 
We've been spending time with the different characters in the Nativity story. We've spent time with Mary, with Joseph, with Elizabeth and Zechariah. And today we're not spending time necessarily about a person. We're going to deal with a character that isn't exactly a character. It's, it's more of a setting. But the role that the road plays in the story is one that we often gloss over. And the reality is in Scripture we have no details about this journey other than Joseph bundling up his pregnant fiancée and journeying from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Now, a fit person carrying minimal amount of stuff can make that journey in three to four days if the weather is good. But how about a person dealing with their ninth month of pregnancy? You who have carried children in your bodies, could you have taken an 85-mile walk on a dirt road in those final weeks of your pregnancy? And when you think about it that way, it becomes really, really clear to us that Mary and Joseph were probably cut from a little tougher stock than you or I. And nonetheless, I bet they are an anxious and a cranky couple as they make their way through the hills of Cana down to the southern shores of the Sea of Galilee. And right here, they would hit a spot. <clears throat> it's modern-day town called Tiberias. And this is probably where they would rendezvous with other travelers and, uh, and they would, that were making the same journey. And they would band together, and often um, they would then proceed together because traveling in the group provided protection. And they might all chip in to hire someone to be their guide and kind of protector as they made the way all along the road. And, um, and I, I don't want to ruin your Christmas, but the other thing that the Bible doesn't mention is a donkey. So the tradition of Mary riding a donkey actually arises in the second century. Um, so it means that Mary probably had to walk. But if you need for a donkey to be with them, kind of like Nestor the long-eared donkey, the saddest, saddest Christmas special ever, um, then you can go ahead and put one in there. Um, you know, there's, it is possible that she rode a donkey. The Bible doesn't say she didn't. Um, it's just one of those details that isn't there. And the reality is, is even at nine months pregnant, if you've ever watched a donkey walk, it doesn't look like something that someone who is nine months pregnant would want to do anyways. Uh, either, whether she rides or walks, it's a long, uncomfortable 85-mile journey. So from the shores of the Sea of Galilee, uh, they would travel south along the River Jordan, and then there's a spot that they would cross over into Jordan, and then they would continue down the River Valley all the way down to the town of Jericho. And that's the point at which the most difficult and dangerous part of the journey would begin, because it begins this long climb up to the city of Jerusalem, and it was a very treacherous section of road. And actually, later on in his life, when Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan about the guy that goes out and gets robbed, and the priest and the uh, scribe go by, but then the Samaritan stops and gives aid to the person. It's set on this section of road. It was a treacherous road filled with brigands. I just wanted to say brigands. But here's something that I want us to consider. In this traveling 
from the Sea of Galilee up into Jerusalem in this group, could Mary and Joseph have kept up? Mary, who is nine months pregnant, could she have kept up with the rest of, of the group? And I, and I ask this because this might be one of the reasons why there wasn't room for them when they arrive in Bethlehem. Maybe they could not have kept up and maybe they had to struggle along the way, and so they're the last ones to arrive in Bethlehem, right at that cutoff of when they needed to be there. So I speculate that this was a slow, long, uncomfortable journey for an anxious and cranky Mary and Joseph. And when we think about our lives, when we think about what it means to be a Christian, when we think about what it means to follow Christ, when we think about what it means to let Christ's light shine out of us, to do God's work in the world, it tells us that sometimes that the journey of fulfillment isn't always easy. In fact, it almost never is. There's no shortcut past the struggle. There's only a path that requires tenacity for us to walk to its end. Uncertainty, danger, and hardship do not mean that God is absent or that God is asleep. It simply means that God is at work like God always is. Even if we don't see it, even if we can't feel it, God is still at work. And I wish that God would allow us to take the easy way. But God doesn't always work that way. And if you think that God is unfair in asking us to take on difficult challenges and things we don't ask for, my story is also a reminder to us that God doesn't ask us to do anything that God hasn't already done. That God understands why we get cranky. That God understands why we get anxious. That journey to Bethlehem was a risky one. It could have been hard on the baby. Mary could have tripped and fallen and lost the child. The child might have come early along the way. There wasn't a hospital for them to go to if something happened. And yet for some reason, this is what God chose to go through in order to be born in Bethlehem. So today, as we get ready for Christmas Eve, as we get ready to celebrate Christ's birth, I think it's time for us to be honest this morning. As we do our best to be faithful, we often complain and we grumble when things don't go our way. We don't like to be inconvenienced by changes in laws, by changes in um, patterns, by changes in routines. We can't stand it when bureaucracy doesn't work according to our schedules. And we become livid when our expectations aren't met, when they're not, when exceptions aren't made for us and for our circumstances. And those kinds of responses, those are natural and, dare I say, healthy human responses. But we can't allow our emotions to make our decisions for us. 
We cannot allow our emotions to make our decisions for us. If Mary and Joseph had allowed their emotions to make decisions for them, well, it's possible that Jesus might not have been born in Bethlehem. It's possible that he might not have been born at all. What road must you walk in order to see Jesus brought forth in your world? What path is God calling you to walk in order to accomplish God's purposes? And you know right now, that may not be clear. And the path and the ways that you are called to may not be convenient, may not be your first choice, may not be comfortable. But if you walk it at the end, you will see how faithful God is in fulfilling God's promises. And you will see the good that comes forth whenever God is present and at work. And you'll have the eyes to see that good emerge. And I promise you that your faith will be stronger. And I promise you that you will see that goodness emerge. And that God will not abandon you or forsake you or leave you alone. The other thing that you're going to find is somewhere along the way, joy has a way of finding us. Because there is joy in God's presence. And when we see that God is at work, that joy emerges up. The reason why we are where we are becomes clear, and we realize that wherever we are, God can use us. So don't be afraid to walk the hard path in the difficult way that God may call you to walk. And it's okay to have your initial disappointments and your initial responses when it, things become inconvenient or when it seems that powers outside of your life seem to conspire to hold you back. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. God will see us through. Promise what I've seen over and over and over. If you need a little more prayer, if you need a little more thought along those things, if you're struggling to feel the joy of the season, we do have the Blue Christmas service going on tonight at 6. And certainly tomorrow night, we hope that you'll be with us to complete the road, this, this walk along this dusty road when we arrive at Bethlehem and we kneel at the manger and we see Christ. Let's keep walking. We're almost there.
We've come to a time of announcements. I'd like to direct your attention to the back of your bulletin. If you're new here this morning, 
if it's your first or second time, welcome. And also see that there's contact information up here. So if you need to get a hold of us and just let us know how we can help you and be here for you, let us know. The big thing Pastor Steve already touched upon was this evening we have our Blue Christmas Worship Service in Boyer Chapel at 6 p.m. We do hope many of you will attend. And to continue our journey tomorrow night, 7 p.m. and 11 p.m. for Christmas Eve service right here in the main sanctuary, we do hope to see all of you there. And right after worship, we have a nice celebration coffee hour going on out these doors to my right your left you can also go out the front to the right and around and we hope to see you so we could share our lives together this morning and with these things in our hearts and prayers let us conclude this morning's worship service by singing our closing hymn in the black hymnals the faith we sing number 2095 star child and then stand if you are able
As we go forth, may you be filled with the joy of the Lord as we complete this journey to Bethlehem, as we make our way to the manger. And may Christ be born in you. Go in peace. Go in joy. Amen.